Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. You did a great job yesterday without me. That was awesome. I enjoyed it. We were, uh, some of you saw me in the chat room. I was uh, Sunny, who was helping me with our events there in eastern Florida. Uh, We were watching on the road. So you weren't texting? and driving we were i was not texting and driving i was not driving i was texting and writing riding not writing writing so i want to welcome everybody to the show today hello everybody in our youtube chat room hello everybody in our facebook chat room make sure you please hit the thumbs up today make sure that you please also hit the subscribe button here on youtube and you like and share on youtube on uh, facebook sorry (laughs) keep going all right so uh, remember, we have a problem with the AI kicking us out. So make sure you refresh if we if we bog down. Make sure you share for us, please. Like as you come in, like often, share often. And I made this sort of I made this non-Trump, non-COVID, non-Portland title for today's show, JC. Non-Trump. It's in your. It's in the headphones. I think. Okay. You're, you're hearing them come out of the headphones. So principle, not politics, was the title today. I thought that I would keep it kind of bland, so that maybe we wouldn't be bugged right from the beginning. So principle, not politics, was the. Oh, we got an echo somewhere. I would keep it kind of bland, so that maybe we be bugged right from the beginning. Florida homeowners. Should it be on the, like this on the side of your house? You can get paid to go different setting no here, maybe. It costs nothing oh, to get the solar. Pop okay, so what do you want me to do, JC? Just keep talking. Okay, I want to talk to you. Um, this is this is a pretty interesting kind of thing that's happening, and I w- was hoping. JC has been working hard on getting, you see, we got a new microphone up and he's getting the camera all working right and doing everything. Are we echoing? We are echoing still. Oh, okay. All right. Um, anyway, I have this article, JC, that I wanted to try and chat about. I know we haven't had a chance to look at it that much, but I wanted to chat about it anyway. Uh, CNN article. Republicans openly challenge Trump's tweet on delaying election. CNN article. Republicans openly challenge Trump's tweet on delaying election. You just, but I can't see the article because you have the mouse. Yeah, there we go. All right, so an array of congressional Republicans, including more than a dozen members in both the House and the Senate, are in are openly rejected President Donald Trump's suggestion Thursday that November's presidential election should be delayed. A move that the president would have no authority to make because the Constitution gives Congress the power to set the date for voting. 
It was the latest example, CNN says, of the president's making incendiary comments on Twitter and putting Republicans in an awkward spot to deal with the fallout. And so apparently Donald Trump is tweeting that we should postpone the election. And I thought that we might talk about that, that J.C., because we've been talking about here at the House lately. I mean, uh, Trump said said postpone the election. Yes. Postpone the election. Yes. Wow. He tweeted. uh, That's going to freak the left out. Yeah. He tweeted today that the presidential election should be delayed actually float floated the idea so it was one of one of donald trump's tweets and it put all the republicans in a position to have to step up and say uh well you know uh donald trump can't do that we have um uh that what do we have we have uh john thune who says, I think it's probably a statement that gets some press attention, but I doubt it gets any serious traction. He says, I think we've had elections every November since about 1788, and I suspect and I expect that that will be the case again this year. Mitch McConnell said, never in the history of the country, through wars, depressions. You found it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okie dokie. Now yet, Mitch McConnell says, never in the history of the country through wars, depressions, and the Civil War have we ever not had a federally scheduled election on time. We'll find a way to do that again this November 3rd. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this, JC, because you and I have been, I keep peaking really high, but... The reason that I wanted to talk to you about this was because we have been talking at the House about what happens after November 3rd. So the question that I have that I kind of want to float out there is what happens if there is no November 3rd? What happens if it gets delayed? What would you think about I mean, we've been talking about how, I think you talked about this on the show the other day as well. You have a situation where if Donald Trump wins, the BLM and all of the the communists will go crazy and start burning down things and destroying things. And then if he loses, then they get carte blanche to do whatever they want. And then I think you described it to me as a slow burn. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say do whatever they want but you know the the thing about uh, anyway i don't want to get sidetracked on that again so the november 3rd thing if election if it's delayed i mean i mean that's it's been the narrative for well ever since at least halfway uh, halfway through trump's term that he would not peacefully leave office and mm-hmm. uh CNN and I mean all the lefty media has been talking about about this and that you know we have to use the military to you know hopefully the military would uh, throw him out and you know all this sort of stuff so I mean if now he's actually 
saying that, I mean, this totally feeds into their nightmare fantasy. Yeah. So what's going to happen? I mean, I can't. What's happening now? Like just him tweeting that they these people have to be losing their mind. I'm surprised they're not in the streets now. Just just from the tweet. Well, you know, you have he he claims and this is the whole basis for this is that the uh, mail in voting, not absentee voting. He claims there's a distinction between those two and that the mail in voting is inaccurate and fraudulent and will be a great embarrassment to the United States. Delay the election until the people can properly, securely and safely vote, he wrote. Well, I mean, he can't. He can't delay it himself anyway. I mean, he can't unilaterally. No, he has election. no authority to do that. I don't think that he said he would delay it. This is actually no, but I'm saying, a, so a suggestion. Please, day, guys, do he's, this. He's just talking. So, you know, is he signaling somebody? I mean, this would have to be the states, right? I mean, it's, it's no this. Congress. Okay, Congress establishes the 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 mechanism for federal elections yeah so congress is the one who has to change the dates and the the times and the and the means by which a federal election can work i think it's funny i mean it's 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 humorous it's entertaining because you know it's just another thing where where he he pulls the pin on the rhetorical grenade and and boom it's that's the whole news cycle total chaos total you know people going absolutely bonkers over his tweets. It's incredible how the man controls the media with his tweets. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, because I, I just, I don't think, it's not going to happen. I mean, first off, no one party controls, um, no one party controls Congress and, you know, the whole legislative branch. So well, but you know, I think. If it's Congress that has to do that, then how is it? How's it going to happen? Not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Part of the problem is is that Donald Trump has a very he he's got a really good point. Now I'm not going to get into the whole debate between the distinction between mail-in voting and absentee voting because uh, that's that's a whole different story. I have one of these commercials popped up again somewhere. Uh, close close out this one right here. That's it. Close out these two. Yeah. Okay. These freaking news websites. I know. They're so annoying. Anyway, sorry, guys. Anyway, (laughs) what we have now is because of the COVID virus, JC, we have states that are allowing people to mail in their ballot instead of going. Mm -hmm. And what we have is a situation where, like in California, everyone is being mailed a a ballot. True. So then you also have voting stations open. Yeah. How do you prevent the duplication of a vote? No, it's a disaster. The whole, it is the a whole, whole process disaster. is a disaster. So, yeah, to to that extent, I mean, yeah, it, it certainly has a point. But I mean, it's but it's bigger than just this election. Oh yeah, I mean, this has been a problem a complete, for a very it's, long time. It's a complete disaster. It's a joke. It's to the point of being a joke. I mean, who who can trust an election? Well, you know, Jason, I'm thinking back with. Uh, George Bush and the hanging chads in Florida. If we didn't figure out that we could have a whole news cycle and a whole, a whole uh, crisis over something called a hanging chad when we vote right. in the 21st stinking century, there's got to be some way that we, I, I don't know. 
Well, this is the whole it, the whole thing is embarrassing. You're right. It it's it serves reminding people, by the way, uh, that the the you know the general vote, the popular vote, is not a thing. Right. I mean, it's kind of an advisory thumbs up, thumbs down, and it's the elect it's the electors, right, in the electoral college that actually uh, actually do that. So uh, so in that sense, it does it really matter about the time of the vote the the manner what i mean i just the, the thing is an, is is a disaster i think yeah. it's a complete and utter disaster i don't see how there's no there's no way that an election is trustworthy at this point at any level in my opinion and hey, and, check I, this and, out. and i'd like if you give me a minute oh yeah absolutely at, no later uh-huh be, i want to talk about the the extended voting because oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I I really we involve in that locally now and I've figured out a a problem that nobody talks about. So Yeah. May Vasquez, check that out. Remind me of that. Thank you, May Vasquez, for your super chat donation today. That is just a a, a super awesome. Benjamin. Super you, Benjamin super chat. Thank you, May, very much for your super chat. I, and again, I think we've been talking about this for a while, JC, this this whole idea that that voter fraud, everybody knows that it exists. I believe that it's the only way John Boehner ever won. I believe that it or at least in the end of his career. I believe it's the only way that Harry Reid won at the end of his career. And you have you know, you have this this issue with what's that saying? It doesn't matter um, who votes. It matters who counts the votes. Yeah. No, I I mean I have a serious I have serious problem with the electoral system at this point as far as the, the voting and that sort of thing um in in all but you know local races where I can go down you know to to whatever extent and and, I, and actually not even local completely but local just in certain areas like mm-hmm. local in a place that you can actually you know monitor and and uh, hold it, hold them accountable. That's not even true in every local place. You're in a massive urban area, even though right. those, those local places you have no control whatsoever. Uh, I felt like in our rural area where we were voting, um, you know, small enough, and you could you be there, and we could send people out and and uh, be at the polls, and uh, you know, you knew you knew your supervisor of election and all the people involved, all that kind of stuff. So to that extent, the local elections. Um, the local elections were were still uh, you know still somewhat reasonable i guess but beyond that i i just i, I don't know what i don't know what you trust so it it's uh it's crazy thank and you milton for your super chat milton says voting on personnel shouldn't affect a constitutional republic that much no I, and that's true that's yeah. uh, i mean it's a great point and that's the thing that shows they, you know, they have too much. The people have too much influence. You know what's crazy, JC? Not, not the people. I mean, the people in office and the the people you're allegedly voting in. Um, you know, it shouldn't it shouldn't be that consequential. Well, but I think Milton's point is even greater than just a general application. Uh, who the president of the United States is shouldn't make that big of a difference no. in a constitutional republic because no. you look at the powers delegated to the president. They're they're minuscule. Uh, seriously, I, I don't I really I've been thinking a lot about this lately. 
because I'm trying to to grasp the argument that our Constitution is bad, that it, you know, that it was poorly written and and they didn't you know, see the mistakes. And and I'm really trying to find that argument so that I can find the the yeah. solution. I'm going to find the, how to reach people who make this argument. And I have been studying this a lot lately, JC. I've been looking at the Constitution. I've been reading what they've been writing. And I don't know how we could even have an executive branch with less power than our executive branch was delegated. Right. How do you, you, well, it, but you a less you, less power would have been a non-existent executive branch altogether. But when you have, you know, an electorate guided by tribalism and then the system, uh, you know, controlled by uber uh, powerful corporate interest and central banks, you know, then you you have, I mean, they... It is in their interest, they believe, uh, to have this super powerful executive and super powerful government because then they can just, you know, they can just whip up a crowd and scream something and get their way because it's, suddenly just a small handful of people have the power to bring something to pass. Yeah. That's not how it's supposed to operate, but that's where we you, are. You put all that power in one person, then you only have to take out one person. If the people of America realized wow. seems to me that the real solution, <laughs> yeah, exactly until until the the system breaks down because that one person now you don't take out one person because now that one person is being given too much power and you can't take them out, right? Sure. So it's a double-edged sword and yeah. the people don't realize where the enemy actually lies, where the problem actually exists and the problem exists you know, when you jump over the fact that the people keep reelecting these people, but on a federal level, you can't complain about anything unless you're pointing your finger at the Congress, because that's where all the power. So that's where all the responsibility has to but, rest. But, you know, now. But here's what it seems to me. Now you have uh, essentially every branch vying for absolute control. Yeah. Right. Congress wants total control. Mm-hmm. The office of the president wants total control. Supreme Court wants total control. The Supreme Court wants to maintain the total right. control that they have. It's and, crazy. and by extension, the federal judiciary. So, yeah. it's, I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. So it's like a race to see who can be the most tyrannical, who can who can absolutely scoop up all the power for themselves the fastest. It, it's, right. It's, a, it's like it's like America's a freaking runaway train. You know, and the tracks are out and we just keep th- throwing coal in, in the engine. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it's unbelievable to me. So there's it seems like. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. How do you how do you what do you even do? So what is one branch? Even when you see those occasions, then one branch tries to step in and says, you know, I'm going to I'm going to check these other branches. Yeah. You get run over by this runaway freight train. You got right. the other branches basically fighting the third Right. In turn, taking turns to see who can uh, overthrow the republic. But now we're also seeing this, I mean, the same plan, the same program played out at the local levels. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have governors that act like monarchs instead of executives or, or representatives of the people. 
And you have sheriffs who just simply do the bidding of the king instead of being the essential check and balance. But then you get a sheriff who wants to be the check and balance instead of the guy who says, I'm just doing my job. I'm just enforcing the law. You know, you get a sheriff who wants to do that. And then the entire state attacks that sheriff Mm -hmm. and condemned. And I mean, I was talking to some people today and. And they they asked me, quite honestly, Chrisanne, what is the biggest problem? Because we want to know why won't people stand up? Why won't doctors stand up more often and, and, and call out all of this mess that's going on? Why won't people um, do these kind of things uh, because it's right thing to do and they know it's the right thing to do. This was actually an, uh, a nurse psychologist that I was speaking today. She says, I know doctors, it's ironic, she's a nurse psychologist, she says, I know doctors right now who know that COVID is not what they're saying, know that there's actually a cure for COVID, know that mandating masks on people is not only bad for their physical health, it's bad for their psychological health. So why won't people stand up and say something? Well, people are people do. Yes. I mean, look at the group of physicians that went to D.C. Yeah, the and then physicians lo- and, and then look what happened. You have this this coordinated uh, assault to absolutely erase any evidence of of them ever saying anything. I don't know. I don't know if you remember from this. JC. Twitter, Facebook. You know, I mean, everything. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, JC, but I was actually had the the honor and privilege of teaching that particular group Hmm. uh, on the uh, limits of federal government and the unconstitutionality of national health care. Yeah. Back when Obama was president, they had me come and speak at their national conference. So you should get already if they invited me to come teach at their national conference. We're not dealing with your average surgeons and physicians, you know, I, I just I think. As for the others, I believe, you know, just like all the useful idiots in, you know, uh, in Marxist ascendancies that they they all think they're going to get their piece of the pie. Yeah. Right. So, you know, let's promote the corrupt system because I'm going to benefit from it. And that's not and that's not what happens in the end. Maybe it's also maybe could it also be a bit of the survival instinct? I I just, you know, just let me do my job and, and, and stay below the radar and, you know, feed my family, leave me alone, and I don't want to rock the boat. You know, I've got, we've got uh, Shanti here in the YouTube chat room says, why won't lawyers go after bad judges? Why not? Because if you do, your career is over as a lawyer yeah. well, because the judges are the kings. Well, and the bar has seized control of of the, the whole legal field yes. in that sense as far as lawyers are concerned. So, yeah. you know, they will... Well, the whole judicial system is 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 racked and locked because you can't in so many states. They say that the the judge elections have to be nonpartisan. And and that's fine. I think judge I think all elections should be nonpartisan. But in that excuse to be nonpartisan in what they call the independent judiciary, um, what they do is they actually shield the judges from political uh Questions mm-hmm. from public questions, I should say. They shield the judges from public questions. So here in Florida, you're not allowed to ask a judge what they believe about this position or this position. You're not allowed to question a judge about their opinion here or their opinion there. You're not even supposed to ask a judge. You're not even allowed to ask a judge whether they think the the Constitution is a living, breathing document or not. 
These are all Ill campaign illegal questions. So what, what in the world? How do you even evaluate whether a judge should be elected or not? Well, and that's the thing. It's funny because I think about the ballot initiatives and constitutional amendments and thing like, things like that, uh, particularly here in Florida, which is out of control. But I think, you know, that would be something that would be an issue mm -hmm. you would want to try to rectify. You, you know, that would be one of the possible avenues to change that system. Right. Yet we end up with all these special interest groups, all, all, the, all the amendments and the ballot initiatives mm -hmm. are all from special interest groups you know, trying to maneuver money into their pockets, you know, control solar panels in Florida or these lefty loons with, you know, we have to give constitutional rights to pigs or somebody like Rick Scott and his, and, and all that cabal uh, that did the uh, the rail boondoggle. Oh, yeah, the, the high-speed uh, rail, the high constitutionally rail. established high-speed high right. rail boondoggle. I don't know if you got a chance so to listen to the show that I did uh, the other day, JC, while you were uh, you were actually at church, uh, Donald Trump issued a couple executive orders to force the pharmaceutical companies to give the federal government fair market prices for the drugs that are that that our tax dollars buy for Medicaid. He issued these executive orders and said, OK, if we're if my executive agencies, which run Medicaid, by the way, are going to be using your drugs you can't be charging us more than you're charging everybody else in the world and the interesting thing is well i guess it's probably not surprising the pharmaceutical companies got mad why because congress already passed legislation that said that the pharmaceutical companies can charge our con charge our government whatever they want mm -hmm. whatever they want and it's a one there. Donald Trump is proposing that they would take a one percent cut and they're freaking out. Well, and so no surprise when you see a rash of non pharmaceutical doctors, you know, shoot themselves in the back of the head three times by suicide. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. Come on. Right. So, you know, there's there there are things. So all those people who think that we're Trump haters and those who think we're Trump sycophant fans, let me just say to you, there are things that are happening that are good and there are things that are happening that are not so constitutional. But we've got to be able to be the ones that are pointing out the bad things and the good things. Otherwise, the good things don't keep going and the bad things don't stop. But I wanted to point this out. Um, and Hippie is right. We don't live in a capitalist free market anymore. Because Congress now, people's like, oh, it's the insurance companies that are driving up the uh, health care prices. No, it's Congress. Do you know, and I don't want to get into the show yet, uh, that I did yesterday because it really just makes me mad. Maybe that's why I want to keep Congress talking about it. Congress being bought and paid for. Congress actually in the same piece of legislation that said that uh, the pharmaceutical companies can charge us whatever they want said, guess what? Doctors get a 6% commission on the drugs they prescribe during to Medicaid patients, which means, and, and, and this is what Forbes pointed out, which means is if there's a drug that does the same thing that costs less, the doctors are going to choose the more expensive drug because they get a higher commission. Mm. That's what's driving up the costs of, of health care. And we've been saying this forever. The driving up the cost of health care is government in 
Healthcare. Thank you, Larry Rogers, for your super chat. A Benjamin super chat. Thank you so much. Larry says, Chris Ann and JC, do you know of any pending lawsuits that related to mask wearing mandates? Surgical mask box says they offer no protection for coronavirus. Uh, yeah, I actually do. <laughs> I'm actually involved in two mask mandate cases, uh, lawsuits here in Florida. Let me pop in real quick, JC, and tell everybody, go ahead, hit your thumbs up again in YouTube. Hit us on your like there on Facebook, and please share. I wanted to mention, you, you know, you... you wanted to, I don't want to distract yeah, you. you yeah, you started out the with the uh, electoral yes, voting please. system. So, um, you know, I've, I've, learned, I've learned something dawned on me um, that I realized when working with a local local campaign... Uh, here just just in the last few days so you know the the extended uh, early voting mm-hmm. has been a big a big hotly debated topic for for quite a while mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting you know it normally falls out on uh, political lines and most of the conservative slash Republican side are against early voting and particularly, uh, you know, this expanded mm-hmm. time, like like they just keep stretching it out, this early voting days and days and days and weeks uh, to early vote. And then it's been typically on the Democrat side to argue that, um, you know, we need the ex- extended early voting time because uh, it hurts minorities not to have it. It hurts you know, disadvantage, whatever they can't get there. They, mm-hmm. you know, all those sorts of things. Well, here's the reality. Here, here's who it helps and what the effect is. This early voting that's extended for these inordinate amount of times, long, long amount of times, weeks and weeks, who it favors is, is incumbents. Really? Okay? It favors incumbents and it favors. Uh, highly funded, so like the sort of elite, mm-hmm. like every, and this this is the irony of, of the Democrats' complaint or advocacy for the long period uh, in is helping it the disadvantaged. Irony, because the truth is the Democrats don't want to help well, the disadvantaged. They're in irony, establishing irony themselves. In the message. Yeah, irony okay. in the message. There you okay. go. I can't <laughs> speak to whether they're lying or whatever, but certainly irony in the I'll message because they. The message suggests we're trying to help the poor, the disadvantaged, whatever. You're actually helping the the powerful, the wealthy, and incumbents. And why do I say that? Because if you're an independent candidate, right? You're like in in our sheriff's race. Okay, you look at Chronister, mafia made man, uh, big money. Mm-hmm. Traficante family, you know, and he's worth millions of dollars, uh, and uh, I, and and um, you know he's so he's got all this money in the bank, special interests, big powerful interests, and whatever. So you have independent candidates try to challenge this guy, right? Who's trying to? I'm getting money from mom and pop, and here and there, mm-hmm. and we're just trying to, you know, we're trying to grassroots and get our message out. Well. You have, you know, one of the things about the 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 voting, you know, you're manning the polls, 
Mm-hmm. You got the, your volunteers are standing there with the signs and, and all that. Try to have a sustained effort over weeks and weeks, right? Several weeks on end from seven o'clock in the morning, you know, from seven o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock at night, having to have people out there and, and having to staff this thing, mm-hmm. right? Well, for Chronosurts or these big money incumbents, piece of cake because mm-hmm. they have the fat wallets. Right. So, so this long extension of early voting, I figured out, uh, favors these these establishment candidates, these incumbents, mm-hmm. and the big money, uh, the big money players. Thank you, Joseph. And that's Mina. A, that's firsthand. That's firsthand experience. Yeah. I, I I now I gained this wisdom now through experience. I I had never thought in that direction about this uh, this topic. I've just listened to the arguments being made and whatever. But then now being in the trenches and seeing how this play plays out. I'm telling you, that's exactly what happens. Joseph Mina, thank you so much for your super chat. Joseph says, love you guys. Thanks for all you do. Wish I could donate more. Tried to send my first super chat and it didn't work. So here we go again. Hope it works this time. You know, I've heard a lot of people tell me they've tried to super chat and it just didn't work. Mm. So it worked this time. Joseph, thank you so very much. I'm not surprised that something that the Democrat and, and you know me, I don't play the party thing. Right. But I'm not surprised that something that the Democrat Party would be so adamant about is something that actually promotes yeah, and encourages uh, in the establishment and the big, yeah. powerful money. Yeah, for sure. So because that's I mean, that's what these parties are for. And but that's you know, why the Republicans, you know, if they I think that if they wanted to, if the Republicans wanted to to actually bring challenge to that, they could bring challenge to that. But they understand that if they. Here's here's how it works, JC. So so the Democrats want the extended voting because of they say they say because of minorities. Mm-hmm. Right. And the Republicans uh, don't really they ab- react to that. They react, yeah. but they don't object. No, they don't respond. But they, they make the opposite argument because Democrats are making that argument. So then they have to take up the right. opposite argument. So what does that do that that all that does, JC, is maintains the tribal paradigm Mm -hmm. look we're they're against us they're against us you know we're against them they're against us in the meantime maintaining the status quo that brings them the power all both groups keeps both groups in power well i and i you know who knows the motivations and whatever whatever is behind a lot of their statements and arguments but i'm but i'm telling you i know i understand now firsthand um you know it's kind of like trying to run out the clock, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it reminds me of, I mean, it reminds me of what, the, of what America's strategy, Reagan's strategy against the Soviet Union, where we, right. we were basically just making them spend more and more money until we bankrupted them. Right. So that's kind of, you know, on the political, uh, on the political level in these races, that's really what, what happens in this scenario. So if you can expand that and cause uh, your opponents to have to spend so much money to to staff and uh, you know and to run the campaign when you're sitting on stacks and stacks of cash from special interest and your corporate buddies, uh, you know that's that's an easy strategy, right? Easy strategy, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's funny. I don't mean to jump off topic here for a second. But it's funny because the Russians have started their space war now and. 
<laughs> oh, it's crazy. So, it's crazy. So now they're going to try to make us outspend ourselves and do the same thing to us that they, no, they you know, we did to them. But, you know, here's here's another thing from experience. Uh, again, for those new that pop in and out, I back in the day when I was in the military, I was a Russian linguist. So were you. Um, you know, we were we were in military intelligence. I worked for NSA. Um, and, and so the thing about that stuff, when you see you see these reports, oh, the Russians fired some you know weapon system at a, at a satellite to take it out. Uh, America's got the same stuff. Yeah. Right. So they make it out. <laughs> oh, this, look, stuff. scary Russians are doing these crazy scary things that Russians. we shouldn't do. And I watched the uh, there was some general talking about it or a former general <laughs> talking about it. Uh, and, you know, he was he was talking about, all you know, basically America having the same systems to mm-hmm. sh- take out satellites or whatever. You know, but it's always for America. It's always in the framework of, you know, w- we're not uh, we're, we're, we're not bad guys and we're not up there. We're not going to take people's satellites out. Ours is defensive <laughs> or whatever. So and that's but, what but the Russians are saying, too. But, you know, it made me think listening to that. And I, you said you want to get off topic, but. This is interesting to me, but it made me think listening to uh, the reports about that. So they're, you know, Russia's satellite, satellite, anti-satellite system where they fired some dummy uh, projectile at a, at a satellite. It seems to me it's only a matter of time yeah. that that happens. And what happens then if you if that happens, you know, above a certain level where where the stuff doesn't the debris doesn't sink down back to the earth, then you start what they call a cascade effect. Yeah. And you got stuff ricocheting off of everything. Yeah. And you, Including the space station. In very short time, <laughs> you have taken out every freaking thing in orbit. Right. And left essentially a, a garbage, <laughs> a debris shield around the earth where that you won't be able to come or go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just feel like how they're heating this up and developing those technologies. Mm-hmm. And by the way, India did that, I mm-hmm. think, a year ago. Right. Uh, but they shot it down in low orbit where the satellite and its debris actually uh, re-entered the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But, th- I mean, think about now one miscalculation or one of these guys I don't think actually people, doing it. Boom, you're I done. I don't think people and, realize how much stuff is floating around No, I there. mean, that would be like, that would be almost like having a worldwide EMP. Mm-hmm. Because everything is progressively shifting to, to satellite. satellite. Everything, mm-hmm. Everything's operated. Everything technological now uh, has this really satellite foundational infrastructure that it depends on. Mm-hmm. All that goes away. I mean, you've basically rolled back the clock to at least the 50s. Right. You know what I mean? Or earlier. Right. I mean, you probably won't even have TV because even TV's changed. Like TV doesn't even work like it used to. Phone yeah. transmission, any of that. It's yeah. all tied into satellites. So this this is kind of our aside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Say Milton Milton's our our uh, uh Gavrit Ruski yeah. guy, so <laughs> So yeah, anyway. Speaking, I, not not to you know, be all apocalyptic, but mm-hmm. that's that's crazy stuff. Crazy. Right. The, the, these people are out of control. First off, what it, what is what is that for? Right? You you now you have all these reports of the UFOs and, you know, is it is it crafts from uh, not of this world or is this a jump in technology from uh, some other uh, nation and what's going on? And now there it's almost like we're, we've now shifted 
the arms race, like you think back to the arms race between yeah. Soviet Union and America, we are very quickly moving into a space arms race. That's, yes. that's what's beginning yes. to happen. And most people were fixated on COVID and all this other stuff. People haven't even noticed. The stuff that goes on while you're distracted yeah. by the crisis. It's insane. It's, it's, it's frightening yeah. to think about. Where are we headed? I think so many people is have... It, is it not enough to destroy right here where, we are, where we're standing yeah. and now, we, now we're moving off world to, to bring chaos and lunacy? Well, you know, I think people, when Donald Trump started talking about Space Force, everybody sort of chuckled like, oh, that's just Donald Trump being his his ridiculous but orange idiot self no again. No because Trump's not going to make that up on his own. Yeah. Right? People yeah. think Trump came up with that? Give me a break. So that's an indication. No way. That's an indication of how far along we already were. Six months later, we get we get the leaked reports that of the UFOs? Russians and well and, first yeah. first he gets space force and then all the UFO stuff was released by the military yeah okay now re-released um you get the special of the former the former uh you know some of the former leaders of this UFO tracking organization in the Pentagon mm-hmm. now have a special yeah. on TV on TV we're talking about yeah. this yeah then, the history then, channel even is or discovery yeah. history or discovery channel like then legitimizing comes, everything yep. then comes the report well then there was India shoots down a satellite then there then now we have the reports of Russia is launching projectiles mm-hmm. um you know so it, it's just it once again given I, I guess the history mm-hmm. right our experience with the media it smacks of another manipulation and, yeah, and, think. Just, and just build up of some another boondoggle yeah. on the backs of, 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 of really the people of many nations in this case. Well, speaking of Russia, um, it, I, I don't know. They're saying there's no sound on YouTube. Can you? No sound. There's sound. You just have to refresh or something, I guess. Yep. But... Um, Go ahead. If you don't have sound, go ahead and refresh and come back. And yeah, there we go. So, uh, speaking of Russia, JC, there's uh, we have the Yugoslavian lady talking about Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Speaking of Russia. Yugoslavia. Speaking of Russia, Yugoslavia. <laughs> don't ever say that to you. Yugoslavian. You don't say that to Yugoslavian. Speaking right, loosely of Slavic. Yeah. Right. Culture. We have. Uh, we have this American woman now, former Yugoslavian, uh, who wanted, I saw the video on Facebook. It's just an amazing video. Uh, I want us, go ahead, JC, plug in so we can hear this together. Now, I'm going to play a little bit, and then we'll stop, and then we're going to hear a little bit of a lengthy track because she teaches like I do, JC, using history as an example. So let me put this up here and we'll start her off. This is my message for the greatest country in the world. In the light of the recent events in the United States, I felt morally obliged to shed light on a very similar chain of events that took place in my country during the 90s. The cause of those events was the same, a constantly re-emerging ultimate evil, nihilistic, non-theistic religion slash cult that caused hundreds of millions of deaths in the 20th century and countless suffering. Now, proponents of that religion want to run the experiment once again, and in that experiment, you people of America will be lab mice. So I'm gonna, uh, this is 
a lot of what we've been talking about, who is the real enemy, right? Who is the real enemy in this battle? And she, I just, I love what she does here with this history. I'm going to go ahead and fast forward first here. You wanted to say something? No, by the way, she said nihilistic. Yes. Where the subtitle said legalistic. Oh, did it? I didn't even read the subtitle. Yeah. I was just listening to her. Nihilistic, not yeah. legalistic. Nihilism. Nihilism. Absolute destruction. You want to explain of every, that? Is? Yes, destruction of everything. Yeah. I mean, that's nihilist. Yeah, and we actually, JC and I actually like had the word this. Annihilate. Right, right. JC and I actually had this conversation um, on uh, the porch last night. And I thought it was just amazing that after we had this conversation, I see this video and she's actually talking about this. So this is the longer segment. So listen, it's very good. Conclusions about similarities with recent events in the United States. In the 1989, the fall of the Berlin Wall marked the victory of the free world over tyrannical monstrosity of communism across the Europe. However, Yugoslav communists didn't feel like letting go of their precious powers. Since the climate in Europe was extremely anti-communist at the time, they knew they needed a new strategy, an ideology that would seduce the masses and keep the power in their hands. So they come up with a very clever idea, to rebrand the communism in Yugoslavia and to change its name into socialism. Not any type of socialism, but a very special type, the national socialism. Sounds familiar. The playbook they used to progress with their agenda was already tested in Nazi Germany. To establish National Socialism, you must first install hatred in people. In order to create genocidal levels of hatred, you must divide people of one country in well-defined groups. In other words, you must create tribal or groupthink. This can be achieved in different ways. America comes with tribal groupthink. Mm -hmm. And then all they did, actually, JC, was take the tribal groupthink and then divide it in and of itself into different tribal group thinks. Yeah. So they were compounding on the division by simply taking the division that already exists and then dividing it into further factions. You can divide people by ethnicity, by race, by religion. You can let your imagination go wild. Since Yugoslavs were white and practically indistinguishable among themselves, the only card they could play was the religion card. Yugoslavia was very mixed religion-wise, and we had Orthodox Christian Serbs, Catholic Croats and Slovenes, and Muslim Bosnians. A perfect starting position. In the next phase, you must start making such social policies so terrible that will inevitably lead to the countless individual disadvantages. When the consequences of such government policies become obvious, you must start claiming that the cause of those inequalities is nothing but discrimination and hatred of one group towards another, and naturally, you must start screaming that those inequalities must be corrected by favoring the oppressed, discriminated group over the oppressor group. Enter national quotas for hiring. Now just replace national with race or women. Once the groups are formed and well-defined, it's needless to say that all the mainstream media in Yugoslavia were government-controlled and were fueling the narrative about mutual discrimination and hatred relentlessly. The growing fear and feeling of insecurity destroyed relationships, marriages, friendships. As fear of discrimination and hostility among groups were growing, people started retreating and isolating within their own groups because they didn't feel safe anymore with the individuals of the other group. All of a sudden, 
staged and very well organized mass protests started all over the country. Protests against the oppression and killing of one group by another. At first, those protests were peaceful, but soon enough, rioting and burning started. Now that you have the attention of the public, you need sparks. What is a spark? A spark is a convenient event of murdering of a random member of one group by a hateful member of another. And you usually need more than one of those. At this point, people were still not completely divided. There were still reasonable people left. Those who understood we are all one nation under God and that we will not kill each other under any circumstances. They went out protesting together, singing for peace and holding their hands. But the hunger for the absolute power of socialists was stronger than our love for each other. And shootings and attacks at protesters continued. In the next phase, the tipping point with no return was reached. People started erecting barricades at the entrance of their cities, their neighborhoods, even on highways and roads. Barricades were guarded with armed civilians. Each and every attempt of the law enforcement to remove barricades and to de-escalate the situation was in vain since they would be ambushed and killed. Peace couldn't be restored anymore, because headlines, photos and videos of dead people propagated through mass media became too explicit and horrifying. Even those hardcore idealists who believed in one nation under God, peace and love, snapped under the pressure. At that point, army was deployed to restore order, but they couldn't do much because they were clueless about who was the perpetrator and who was the victim. Simply because there, there were perpetrators and victims on both sides. In the final stages, even the army was attacked during the negotiated retreat and 50 or 100 soldiers were killed. And just like that, Yugoslavia found itself in a civil war. Yep. City against city, village against village, family against family and so on until the whole territories became cleaned of the members of the enemy group. Genocide, ethnic cleansing, relocation of hundreds of thousands of people were everyday news. It lasted four years. 100,000 people died. Some 500,000 were displaced. Those people lost everything. Yugoslavia was drowned in the bloods of thousands of innocent people and destroyed forever. You might wonder how we let that happen. How could we let things get so much out of control? That was because we didn't realize who were the real enemies. The enemies of the Yugoslav people as a whole. Instead, we were brainwashed into buying the story that we, the people, are the enemies of each other. While our true enemies were advancing with their sick, demented agenda, which had as the ultimate goal the total and unlimited power. Yeah. I mean, it's history of Yugoslavia, uh, Bosnia, Croatia, Herzegovina, all that. I mean, we we saw unfold right before our eyes. Those are those of us old enough to remember that. Um, so it, it, the parallels, of course, we I mean, people who know history right. have been saying this. We've been constantly saying this. And it's interesting that and we have been teaching now for going. We're going into 11 years to to bring us to the point where we have to realize that history is always repeating. I want to thank May Vasquez for 
the Benjamin Super Chat again. I feel led to give you tithe as you're teaching preserve freedom of religion. Thank God, <laughs> not me. Yes, thank God. She says no comment necessary, but I just wanted to say thank you and praise the Lord for that, right? Donovan Jewett says, I've been laughed at for at trying to get this point across to people for years. Yeah, and well, I was going to say it's not just, this is the history of Yugoslavia that she's talking about, but it's also Venezuelan, the Venezuelan yes. history. It's Bulgarian history. I mean, it's you, a playbook. You, you, yeah, exactly. So you can look at... Uh, a number of these Marxist nations and, and tell the exact same story. It's unbelievable. And here we go again. But then the trouble, the problem is people don't know history. And that's again, as, as the same people doing this take control of the education system mm-hmm. and then make sure none of this is taught. Right. Then you can keep doing it over and over and over again. But this proves, though, JC, that the people in power know history. Absolutely. And the people in power intentionally keep the general population from knowing history. Yeah, you you can't. So you can't reasonably delete a history you don't know. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm hmm. It's like. You know, what like I saying found, you, you hit a baseball that you can't see. This, they, they know it's there. They, they're very familiar with this. I found what she said very compelling when she said that there there were people who still believed that, you know, love your neighbor and as yourself and we're not going to be engaged in this violence. But they hit a point where even they snapped, mm-hmm. where even mm-hmm. they hit the point was enough was enough. And then the psychological and mental barriers became actual physical barriers where communities became isolated and they became cleansed. People cleansed people out of their communities within Mm -hmm. those barricades. And I just I I wanted to play that today, JC, because I know we have we have an understanding of the history of all of that that's happening around there uh, that has happened. The fact that we are a history driven ministry, it's just, uh, she goes on to say, here's what you need to do. You need to get armed yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that your family is provided for yourself. But she also says you need to get involved to stop this from happening. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the point. We we don't live in Yugoslavia. We don't live in Venezuela. We live in America. We have the tools to stop this from happening. And maybe that's the Chris Ann over over encouragement, you know, the optimism that comes from Chris Ann. But I'm going to tell you till the very end. I'm going to preach and teach that you can avoid sending your children into a four-year civil war. Right. You have to... I, You'll still be preaching. We can stop this. Pa-chow, pa-chow, we can stop this. Pa-chow. I will be. You know I will be. <laughs> I will be. But that's not anything different. I mean, you... Uh, Mercy Otis Warren, uh, after, in 1777, said we still pray for more, more lenient... Uh, <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. They can hear me. We still pray for more lenient uh, measures. We still pray for our uh, reconciliation, our peaceful reconciliation. And I know you guys can't see us, but you can hear me and you're about to see me again. 
So, uh, you know, JC, I hate to, to do the whole thing of it being trite and whatever. Um, we are we are dealing with hmm. the uh, battles here. We are dealing with spiritual battles. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Um, sorry we're talking to you from the dark, but let's remember, <laughs> go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. Get this education on the history of America. See, the history they don't want you to know in America, J.C., is not just about the, the, the war of our independence, but the victory of the people in that war. The unity of the people in that for our, our sustenance. Thomas Paine said that it's not in numbers that we gather our strength, but in unity. So learn about the victories in liberty. Learn about how we uh, we win, and that and that's it. The attitude in winning is the the winning attitude is how we win. Go to GodGunsLiberty.com. Look at that awesome Chris Ann Hall shirt. ChrisAnnHall.com with the with the join or die snake. I love that one. The peaceful non-compliance mug. Uh, people like the 1776 reasons, JC, uh, why liberty is essential. So thank you so much for joining us here today. Make sure that you guys like the pot, like our, our show on the way out. Share it again. God bless. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>